Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Happy Canada Day. Here we go. Well, July the 1st, 1867, Canada officially became a nation. First Nations people have been here for thousands of years. Uh, Settlers came from uh, Europe primarily, not only Europe, but primarily Europe. On July the 1st, formed those people together in the nation of Canada. We call, uh, you would see the founding peoples of the First Nations, the French and the English, primarily coming together uh, in 1867 in Charlottetown, PEI. I believe it is going off memory right there. We had the maritime provinces and we had upper and lower Canada coming together and slowly over the next uh, several decades, uh, other provinces were added. BC, if you're from BC, 1871. I know because I was born in that centennial year, 1971. I think Alberta was uh, 1870, uh, Saskatchewan, eight, uh, 1905, I think. I'm just guessing Newfoundland came at the end Uh, at 1949 with Joey Smallwood. So Canada came together, and we have so much to celebrate in Canada. We have so much to celebrate in Canada. We have, we have peace in our land. We have, uh, we have this wonderful thing called, we have the ability to have health care. We have excellent health care. We have excellent education. We have people from all over the world coming to Canada, three and 400,000 a year uh, coming from around the world to Canada. We have access to many ter- material things. We have religious freedom. We, have, we are blessed in so many ways, so many ways. Uh, and... It's, we are grateful to live in a nation called Canada. And, and if you're not from Canada, well, look over and, 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 and pray for us. Uh, but this is not going to be primarily about Canada. But I, I want to start there because it's really important is that as we celebrate our blessing of living in Canada, it's also important to be aware of the challenges and the contradictions of our both our past and even our present. That we have much, we still have brokenness in our land. We still have pain in our land. We still have problems in our land, and we can't just rush on by and celebrate. It's important that we do both. We celebrate what God's blessed us with and we acknowledge our still desperate need for God in so many other areas of our nation. In our First Nations community, it's just simply not right that uh, the suicide rate for Indigenous young males is five times that of indigenous or non-Indigenous young males. Five times. Wow. Uh, all suicide is, is terrible, but I just want to highlight a moment there among our young, young indigenous females. The rate is seven times that of non-indigenous females. The rate is about five per 100,000 for uh, women, young women. And then for indigenous young women, it's 35 per 100,000. That means in a city the size of Surrey, if all of it happened uh, right here in Surrey, for that means in our city of 500,000, there would be about 25 uh, young non-Indigenous women t- committing or taking their own life, but 175 Indigenous young women. 
incredible. And those numbers are important because every number has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to God. And, we, and in our celebration, we also acknowledge our, our desperate need for God. And among our Inuit of the far north, the rate of suicide is 11 times that of the national average. It's a tragedy happening in our nation that we can't ignore and just gloss over and pretend it's not there. We need to see a, a move of God. We need God's help in our nation. You, you might also be aware or not be aware as we put so much focus in the last number of months on, on COVID and our death rate or number of deaths in BC is about 167 uh, up to about a week or so ago. Uh, 167 deaths related to COVID. But in that same period of time, there are 554 overdose deaths in our province at the same time. So a rate far more is happening. People are continuing to see this uh, incredible challenge of uh, drug overdoses. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, we don't point the finger of judgment. We come with a heart of compassion and our heart is moved with compassion. And in the middle of all that, that stuff that we already have, we have racial tension right in the front pages of our newspaper, in our streets, in our families, in our homes going on. We have a global pandemic that still we're seeing great uh, progress happening here in BC and we're, we're hopeful, but it's still affected us in so many ways in our relationships, in our work. Uh, businesses are closing. Um, people have lost their jobs. We see that economic global uh, challenge right now. The employment rate in Canada is up around 15%. Uh, in BC among young people, those of you that are in university, those of you that are uh, coming out of high school, the rate is almost 30% uh, unemployment rate right now. And as I said, so many businesses have closed. Uh, one of my, one of the one, uh, many uh, of small businesses in particular. And then on top of all that, we have our own personal uh, challenges right now. Uh, Canada, uh, Vancouver has uh, for a long time been called one of the loneliest places in, in the world. And we see isolation, and that's only been highlighted and high level, levels of anxiety. And so there's lots of wonderful things to celebrate about Canada, but there's also things to acknowledge. We need, our, we need the help of heaven in our world. We have a lot of darkness. We have a lot of chaos going on. Uh, there's so much... Um, and I prefer to look on the good, and I'm, I look on the good, and we're going to go there, but I think to see that our need for God right now in our nation, to, to not just gloss things over, but to say, God, we need you. Because I think maybe like you, whether you're, if you're a university student and you're, you've graduated and you're saying, what does the future hold for me in this nation? Where am I going to go to uh, in, in the place where I live, whether that's in, in England or it's in Africa or wherever it is? Maybe you're a high school student and you're, you had plans and you were going to go maybe to an overseas mission thing or you were going to go to university or, and it's all kind of up in the air right now. A lot I've talked to, I was in a, a lineup, a socially distant lineup at a Starbucks yesterday and talking to a, a young man and, and he just said, I'm so done. I'm worn out from all this uh, COVID stuff and uh, distancing and everything. I don't know how many of you are like, but you just feel like no, and, and, and you, no matter how you comment or if you don't comment or if you do comment, everything that you say and put online right now is being judged. Maybe you're sitting there wondering if when God was handing out favor, he passed you by. Will I make my mortgage payment? Will I have a job six months from now? Will our marriage survive the pressure it's been under? Is our country going to come apart along political and racial lines? 
Is every moral principle that we have held for generations going to be tossed aside? Are Christ followers going to continue to experience increasing persecution? Dark night of chaos in so many ways. There has never been a year like this. I, uh, you can go back a long, long time before you find where all of this is happening all at once. And because of our interconnectedness of our world, the world is going through it at varying levels all at once. We're living in history. Your children and grandchildren will read about these days that we're in. And how are we going to respond in challenging times, in times of chaos, in times of disruption, in times of uh, disease, in times of darkness that's all around us? It's so important how we respond. We're grateful for what God's done, and we say, God, we need your help to continue to see our way through the darkness. How do we respond? going to turn to Acts chapter 23. Acts is one of the books of the Bible that chronicles the history of the early church. When a church just very uh, early got off the ground about 2,000 years ago, and we're going to be looking around chapter 23, but in chapter 21 and 22, it's about a man named Paul. And, and uh, Paul was a man who at first hated the church and, and hated what the church was about, didn't, didn't like Jesus at all. So if Paul, if, you, if you're not sure if you like the church, or you, you know, Paul's your guy. But here's the thing is that Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus and, and his life was turned around and, and he then, instead of hating the church, began to build the church. And he began to be one of the great writers that wrote about the difference that Jesus can make in your life all through the New Testament. And here we come up to, in Acts we find Paul in chapter 21, he had been grabbed by a rioting mob because of false accusations. They were beating him almost to death. That was their intention until he was rescued and, and he was rescued by the Romans and taken in. And, and they, take, they took him in not to protect him, but they said, you must have started something. So the victim of the, the mob was then laid out ready to be whipped uh, with 39 lashes. But uh, thankfully, because of his Roman citizenship, that was stopped. And, and then Paul ends up going to court and it was uh, so violent that there was fear that Paul would literally be torn to pieces, chaos and disorder and hatred and division and false news and darkness. And it sounds a lot what Paul was going out with what we are going through. In Acts chapter 23 and verse 11, we're going to be there. It says, the following night, after all of that went on, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take courage. In the middle of all the darkness, in the middle of all the deceit, in the middle of all the disease, in the middle of all the disruption, in the middle of all the division, take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, you will also testify in Rome. Paul was bold and fearless in the day, but it was night now. And the bravery of midday had been Dis, dis, uh, evaporated under the heat of the night hour. And here in the night, the most courageous of us question what is happening, wonder what's going to move forward, wonder what it's going to look like in the future. Paul had been delivered from jail before, but not this time, at least not yet. It's heartening to know, though, that even the great apostle Paul had moments where he's like, I don't know if I'm going to hang on. I don't know how I'm going to make through it. I don't know what it's going to look like. Moments where his courage waned. 
times where the lies just landed on him in a, in a way that was uh, uh, just so, so hard, where the pressure felt like it was more than he could handle, where the unknown and the unpredictable become, became overwhelming to him, where the hatred threatened his sanity. And let's look at why Jesus came to Paul in the night. He came to Paul in the dark, and Jesus starts with these two words, two words that every one of us in this dark season need to hear again. Two words were, take courage. Take courage. It's dark, but take courage. In Canada, take courage courage in your family take courage in your business take courage in the in the racial tension take courage in the time of great suicide take courage in your discouragement take courage in the darkness of what you're going through take courage in the darkness of what seems to be happening in our nation take courage and Paul comes and hears the word of Jesus take courage in this season I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes last week and uh, one of the great preachers of our generation and he reminds us that God is a God of order. He's not causing the chaos, but he always works in the chaos. He's not running from it. He's not taking a nap. In fact, he reminds us in Genesis 1, it says, in the, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, without form and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the water. The earth was without form. The earth was void. The earth was formless. The earth was chaotic. The word earth, and then, then in the middle of all that, it says that the spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. The spirit of God was hovering over, almost like how a, a hen hovers over over eggs, and then as, as that hen hovers over those and, and broods over those eggs, eventually the reason she does that is so that the new life can come. And right now in the darkness, God is hovering over the darkness. The darkness is not winning. In fact, this time of pain, this time of of division, this time of uh, des des desolation in so many ways, this time of the night that the Spirit of God is hovering over our nation. He's hovering over you. He's hovering over your family. He's hovering over your dreams. And in that moment that was formless, that was void, that was chaotic, God hovered over. And then it says, and God said, let there be light. Darkness does not win the day. And when, God, when Jesus came to Paul, he was saying, let there be light, Paul. I know you're in the nighttime right now. I know you're in the place of darkness right now. But let me tell you, Paul, take courage right now. The Spirit of God is even right now hovering over him. Don't ever let darkness cause you to believe that light won't break through. God said, let there be light. He brings order to chaos. He brings hope to despair. He's at work in the night. All through the scripture, we see so many times where God came in in the midst of dark times and brought his light of his presence. The disciples were once ro rowing on the, uh, in the night, rowing across the lake, and there was an incredible storm, and the pressure was on them, and they were ready to give up. And in that night, Jesus came to them walking on the water. And we have Peter 
who was uh, one of the early church fathers and he was locked up in prison and in the middle of the night an angel came and brought him out of the night uh, and brought him out of the prison that he was in. We see uh, the prophet Daniel who was one of the ancient prophets and, and he was a praying man but because he prayed the king of that day threw him into, uh, into a cave that and, and put him in darkness and in that darkness he not only was in there himself, he was in there with some lions that were determined to kill him. That's why they put him in there. But the angel came in the middle of the night and closed up the mouths of the lions. And Daniel came out in the morning ready to move. And God had put his hand on his life and protected him. Let there be light. Psalm 139 and 12 says about God, to you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. God is not intimidated by the darkness where they're in. In fact, he's brooding over it. The pain that we're going through is because God is going to use it to birth something forth in the world. I am praying and believing that this season will bring us into, in Canada, in Britain, in Africa, around the world, a season of rebirth in God. That there will be a return to Jesus. That there, the church of Jesus will rise in a powerful, powerful way. That in the midst of darkness, we will not be determined what we do by the dark around us but the light of Jesus that's within us take courage and Jesus shows up and shores up the fading courage of Paul he reminds Paul that the calling and promise of God is not over because you're in a time of darkness in fact he reminds him Paul you're going to testify about me you're going to speak about me because I am the light of the world I am the hope of the world and it's dark and more than ever the light of Jesus is needed Paul it might be dark right now but I've called you to turn on the light. Paul's mission is to see people healed and set free by the power of Jesus who's still on. And right now, wherever you're at right now, the power of Jesus can heal and set you free. The power of Jesus can come and impact your life. The power of Jesus can come into your uh, present and so cause your history to be so uh, cut off from your history so that you can have a new destiny in God. In the darkness of this season, in the pain, in the discouragement, look to God. Don't let the darkness of the world around you get inside of you, or otherwise you will start responding like darkness. Guard your heart. It might feel hopeless. You might see dreams shatter. Things might look dark, There's no, but there is no limit to what God can do. He's not limited by a pandemic. He's not limited by economic chaos. He, you do not have to be limited because of, of you've experienced racism because let me tell you that God is still for you, that he is still moving on your behalf, that no one that uh, has hated and brought hatred against you is going to determine your future. If you belong to Jesus, no weapon formed against you prospers. You're going to move forward into all that God has said about you. Not what some, uh, some bigot says about you, but what God says about you. None of us are limited by the betrayals of people, not limited by our ability. Take courage. The pressure is on. The darkness is here, but take courage. Hear what Jesus says. Take courage. Sometimes you soar over it. Sometimes you run past it. Sometimes you walk around it. Sometimes you stumble through it. Sometimes you crawl under it. Sometimes you endure it. Sometimes you break through it. But whatever it is, don't get caught up in hell. Just don't quit. Take courage. Take courage. Why did Paul need to be reminded to take courage? Because his courage was fading. Fear had come. There's two, two ways to maybe think about fear. Fear for some people is forget everything and run. Others is face everything and rise. 
In the middle of darkness, Jesus came and whispered in Paul's ear, take courage. It's time to face everything and rise. It's time to face everything and rise. When Jesus comes in the dark, he tells so much of his heart for us. And he says to Paul, he says he stands with him. He comes near him and he speaks to him. And in the darkness, Jesus stands with us. He is not just standing and watching what is happening in the dark. He is standing is a posture of action. It's a posture of strength. It's a posture of endurance. It's a posture of war or battle. I don't know if you watch some of those medieval uh, uh, movies and shows, but they have, I hear this often in them, hold the line. Hold the line. The enemy is coming at them and they just shout, shout to one another, hold the line. But as we're holding the line for yourself, know that Jesus is standing right with you, arm in arm, battling. You're not battling alone, but Jesus is standing with you. Let him hear, uh, not only hear his word, but let his presence stand with you this morning. We are called to stand. It is dark, but we do not run from it. We are not apathetic about it. We don't give up because of it, but Jesus is standing with us. Hey, hear Jesus say, I'm standing with you. Whatever is coming against you, you're not alone. Wait, because when Jesus stands up for you, no one can stand against you. So hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. Jesus is standing with you. Face everything and rise. Jesus stood near Paul. He didn't just stand watching. He stood near Paul. When our kids had nightmares, they came to our room. They didn't just scream and stay in the room and we, or we hear them and they'd wake us up and we'd just, oh, just be quiet. They'd come and they would stand by our bed and it was the most, if, if you had children or you are going to have children, there'll be a day where you'll just be sleeping peaceful and you'll be realize that someone is looking at you and you open your eyes and one of your kids will be there and what's going on? And they say, hey, daddy, I had a dream and I was so scared and I'm crying and, and, and what, okay, crawl in beside me. They want to be near you. And I want you to hear this this morning that Jesus is not some far off place, that he, he is close to the brokenhearted. Psalms 46, that he is our very present help in trouble. He is right there present with us in the middle of it. Jesus uh, come and stands with us. Jesus draws near to us. We remind ourselves that Jesus is close to the brokenhearted, that he is the one who walks with us through the dark valley. Jesus stood near Paul. Jesus comes near us. And Jesus said something. He speaks to us. John 6 and 63 says that the words of Jesus are spirit and they are life. The words of Jesus energize you. The words of Jesus encourage you. The words of Jesus bring love to you. The words of Jesus bring life to you. The words of Jesus bring hope to you. Is that your experience right now? Or is it anxiety? Is it frustration? Is it anger? Is it, is it worry? Is it hatred? Is it apathy? What is it? It's so important what you listen to. Whose word are you listening to? Who is setting your course and your attitude? Is it your political affiliation? Is it the 24-hour news channel that you listen to, whether that's CBC or MSNBC or BBC or Fox News? or Who's setting the agenda and course of your, of your life? Who's speaking into you right now? Who and what is determining your posture and your perspective? You've heard me say again and again, 
Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issue of life. Don't let the darkness get in your heart, because it will come out of your mouth. It will come out of your attitude. You will hear yourself saying, like, I quit. I give up. What about those people? I can't do it. There's no way forward. I'm not going to make it. That tells you that the darkness has got in your heart. So guard your heart this morning and remind yourself that Jesus is standing with you, that Jesus is near you, and Jesus is speaking to you. Some days you've just got to stop what you're listening to and say, I rebuke that thought, Satan. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and it's not going to land in my heart any longer. Jesus is standing with you. Jesus comes near you, and Jesus is speaking to us. Take courage, church. Face everything and rise. Don't let the darkness overwhelm you. Don't let the chaos weigh you down. Don't worry about the future. I am with you, Jesus says. Keep on mission. Keep on about Jesus. Keep on doing what Jesus has said. And Jesus said this about himself in the middle of the darkness. John 12 and 46, Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. We don't stay in the darkness that we're in. We are children of the light. If you're a follower of Jesus, the light of Jesus is inside of you and it's greater than the darkness that's around you. In fact, John 1 and 5, Jesus said this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Yes, it may be dark days. Yes, there may be challenging things go on, but Jesus is the answer to the darkness. The light of the world is Jesus. The hope of the world is Jesus. The hope in your darkness is Jesus. The hope for your discouragement is Jesus. The hope for the, the lies that are going all around is Jesus. The hope for the division in our nation is Jesus. The hope for the suicide epidemic is Jesus. The government doesn't have the answers. Our finances don't have the answers. They may be part of the, the answer, but they don't have the answer because you can't change the issues of the human heart without someone moving on the human heart. And that one is Jesus. What did it look like when Jesus turned on the lights? Because he said, I'm the light of the world. Acts 10 and 38 says, we know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God was with him. It starts with God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power and then it ends with, because God was with him. We need the Holy Spirit. If we do anything in our own strength, it's not going to work. We see the results of that already. We see the deep divisions in our land. We see uh, 100,000 abortions in our land every year. We see the brokenness. We see the division. That's us doing things our way. But we need a move of the Holy Spirit in us first. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christ follower, are you full of the Holy Spirit? Or are you full of everything that you've been watching? Are you full of every bad report? Are you full of all the bad news? Or are you full of the Holy Spirit and saying, God, anoint me and fill me afresh today that I could go about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil? It says that Jesus went about doing good. If you're a Christ follower, can, can God still move you? Can God still move you off your political opinion? Can God still move you off your perspective on the world? Can God still move you to say hello to your neighbor? Can God still move you 
to believe for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit? Can God still move you to believe that revival can happen in our day and our time? Can God still move you to get up and do and engage in the purpose of God? Can God still move you to believe, to pray for your family? Can God still move you? Or have we let the darkness that's around us get inside of us, full of the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good? went around doing good. The gospel is proclamation and the gospel is demonstration. Use your platform to do good. Use your voice to bring healing. Use your, your, who, who God's made you to change the world around you. You can't change the whole world, but you can change someone's world if you will allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and let the light of God work through you so that we can be ones who go around doing good because the gospel is good news. First of all, for everyone, it's good news that Forgiveness is possible, that reconciliation is possible, that a new life is possible in God, that I am not a product of my environment, that I am not a product of my history, but that Jesus can come inside of me and that the power of Jesus can cause me to overcome the darkness of my past, that it starts with that. But it's good news. It's good news for the overwhelmed mom. It's good news for the frame relationship. The gospel is good news for the discouraged, the depressed, and the suicidal. The, good, the gospel is good news for the division in our culture. The gospel is good news for the poor as they're provided for. It's good news for the prisoner as they're invited. It's good news for the addict as Jesus sets you free. It's good news who feel like they don't fit in because the, 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 the hope of the, and the home found in the gospel and in the church. It's good news for those who are hungry, both natural and spiritual, because you will get fed. It's good news for the lonely because you will get welcomed in. It's not over. Yes, there's darkness, but let's face everything and rise and say, I will take courage because Jesus is standing with me. Jesus is standing near me and Jesus is speaking to me. Take courage, face everything and rise. It's not over. He's not done. Just like at the beginning when things look absolutely formless and chaotic, God is hovering over the pain. God is hovering over the darkness. God is hovering over the chaos. He's hovering over the prayers of praying moms and grandmoms. And he's saying, something is about to break loose. The darkness is there, but arise, shine, for your light has come. Jesus came as light in the midst of darkness. The gospel is, first of all, good news that forgiveness is possible. I love what Colossians 1 in the message translation, verse 13, writing to one of the churches, says this, that God rescued us from the dead end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of his dear son. The son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep on repeating. That's what Jesus came. Jesus came on a rescue mission. He did not come on a, on a, on a judgment mission. He came motivated by love to rescue. And if you uh, have never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, and you're aware that the darkness around you is not only around you, it's inside you. And you know you need to get right with God. Seven little words that I want. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus, come in, in the midst of my darkness, forgive my sin, and, and begin to heal me from the inside out. I need you to lead my life. Just seven little words. If you will pray them from your heart, God will come in in a moment, into the inside of you and change the momentum and direction of your life. I'm going to give you that chance in a little moment. 
Seven little words that will ever change your life. Or maybe you're saying, Craig, I've let some of the darkness affect my attitude and my, uh, my perspective on what's going on. Instead of facing everything and rising, I'm forgetting everything and running. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with a fresh touch of Holy Spirit in this season. Maybe that's you, number two. Or number three, you're saying, Craig, I know that I need to say, Ask God this week, who can I do something good for? Who can I speak some healing life to this week that I will allow God to use me? Not just let it be words, because the, the devil is not so worried about you uh, attending church. He's incredibly terrified of us being the church in our world. Good news. Good news. Fa facing everything and rising. So if you're praying this morning, those seven little words, and you're saying, Craig, I, I want to make Jesus the forgiver and leader of my life. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. I'm going to invite you to pray. Maybe you want to be so brave and so bold as to put a one on, on the chat. Or if you're praying, uh, number two, and you're going to I'm going to pray for you if you're one of those that say, Craig, I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in my life. Or number three, uh, I'm, I'm going to be brave and bold and ask God to use me this week to go about doing good and healing those who are oppressed of the devil. I'm going to pray. So, Father, for those that right now are making a decision for Jesus and are putting a number one on the chat or they're going to let the person that invited them know or they're going to direct messages, however they're going to do it, Lord. Lord, seven little words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And as they pray that from their heart, Lord, thank you that they're passing from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light in this, of your dear son, Jesus. Thank you for those that are praying that prayer right now. Thank you that you're coming into hotel rooms. Thank you that you're coming uh, into uh, places where people are on their back porch or they're watching as they pulled over on the side of the road. Thank you that you are merciful to everyone that calls on your name. Lord, for those that are praying for a fresh touch and filling of the Holy Spirit, Father, thank you that right now you're coming and you're, Lord, and maybe if that's you, just lift your hand right now wherever you're at. And I, Lord, I thank you that you're filling right now. I thank you that your presence is going out. Thank you that you're not limited by time and space, that if someone's watching this on Monday or Wednesday or wherever they're watching it in another nation, that Holy Spirit, you're touching right now, that courage would come, that a fresh touch of the power and wind of the Holy Spirit would come. Or three, Lord, those that are saying, God, I'm putting myself out there. I'm willing. Will you show me who and how I can go about doing good this week? Lord, that you would empower us, that you would cause us to face everything and rise. Lord, that we will, in the midst of darkness, rise with the light of heaven that's in us. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. So if you put a one there, or a two or a three, put it on the chat, encourage someone. Thank you for this, uh, just uh, Canada. Be praying for Canada on July 1st. It's going to be a great day as we celebrate that in the midst of all what's going on, God is moving. We're facing everything and rising. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.